Welcome to Rethink Real Estate. My name is Ben Brady, and this is a real estate podcast based around the principles of our non-distressed auction model and Australian real estate concepts at work today in the US marketplace. We focus on scripts, dialogues, real situations in negotiation, listing appointments, prospecting, and all concepts to do with real estate. We look forward to being real and rethinking real estate with you. Hi there, folks. Welcome back to another episode of Rethink Real Estate. Ben and Jason here. Uh, Going to uh, do a few weeks, actually, on prospecting. Uh, we thought that with the turn of 2019, uh, that this is one of the fundamental things that is always at the at the forefront of people's businesses is prospecting. So we thought that we'd rehash a few episodes, not to mention as well as add some fundamental basics in understanding your numbers, picking a farm area, if that's what the way that you were going to prospect. Um, not to mention as well is that talk a little bit about expired listings and prospecting around other agents' listings, and then more importantly, prospecting around your own listings. We'll break that up into a number of episodes so that therefore it'll be easy to go back and rehash and, and review those uh, as you want to kick the prospecting along each period of time of year. Once you're getting a little, little bit lethargic about prospecting, then you can go back and revisit. But Jace, one of the things that I think in a fundamental basic that uh, we go into first is that it was funny when I first entered real estate, um, when it came to prospecting, my business owners never ever let me uh, actually go out and start prospecting until I had my listing presentation down pat, which I thought was extremely strange. But um, later on, when I was successful in real estate and we ended up buying the offices and going into it and uh, we end up doing a little bit of a case study, is that we gave one brand new agent a phone book or, or a desk and basically said, hey, start prospecting straight away. And we gave another brand new agent, said, we know you're not allowed to start prospecting for the first two months of your career. You need to shadow another agent and you need to work on your listing presentation in your spare time. And it was funny is that when the other agent got starting with the prospecting that spent a couple of months shadowing another agent, they were three times more effective than the person that actually went out and just started prospecting straight away. And the core and the key reason behind that is, first of all, the fact that you look, you don't look as hard for a yes when you don't know how to convert that listing. It feels a little bit strange practicing your listing presentation before you start prospecting. But if you know that you can execute on that business, you look for a yes much, much harder. And that would be the first bit of advice and a basic fundamental of prospecting, Jace, that I would give is that go and get your listing presentation down pat and know that it is the best listing presentation that you can possibly present, well, possibly can do, uh, so that therefore you prospect a lot harder because you want to convert business and you know you can. You agree with that, mate? Yeah, when I started out, I, I, I had the fortune of, of following an agent for 12 months or so and essentially being their assistant as I was kind of learning the ropes and, and my apprenticeship, so to speak. And so I was able to learn the ins and outs of listing presentations and the ins and outs of real estate during that 12-month period of time, which really helped me when I did go out on my own. And I find that when you when you do know the ins and outs of real estate, when you've faced the questions, when you've faced the curveballs, when you've answered the questions face to face with another seller, is that that makes every single conversation that you have far more effective. Well, you're less scared because everybody, you always think about your sellers. Every time, like, like if you've ever gone door knocking, mate, uh, regardless of how many doors you've knocked on, there is a, you know, there's butterflies to a sense that most people have butterflies when the first 
second, third, fourth, fifth door that they knock on. But, you know, eventually the, your butterflies die if you do enough of them. However, the, the reality is, is there's always nerves because we always think that the green monster is behind the door. Well, Same with a that, listing presentation. I think that knowledge overcomes a lot of that fear, though. 100%. And so when you actually know... And this comes down to the point. If you, if you know perhaps not so much the, the questions that you're going to get on the other end of the phone or in a listing presentation or whatever, but if you've faced a lot of these things before and you've practiced these and you've been through real case scenarios then you feel that you're prepared for what's next. If you're prospecting and you've never met a seller ever, ever, ever in your entire life, you're not prepared, no. let alone the fears that you're going to have. You're just not prepared. <laughs> even, if you, even if you just started learning objections. You know, I remember, I remember when I first started with, it, with, our, with my boss, you know, I wasn't even full-time yet. I would have to, they would give me a script and a dialogue, an objection, and I'd have to come back the next day and the first thing that I'd do in the, at the beginning of that day because I'd start with them in the morning and do the afternoon stuff is I'd have to come back and answer that objection in my own words, not in the script's words, so it was more my own. And it was funny, you know, it, um, it got put to me really weirdly. This is very strange. Someone put it to me one day, but it really resonated with me because of how weird it was, I think, is that they said, if someone broke into your house this morning, Ben, or, or, or last night and woke you up in the middle of the night, first of all, if someone woke me up in the middle of the night, I'd be trying to swing punches at them. <laughs> Okay, I'd be freaked out. But they said to me, if someone broke into your house, woke you up in the middle of the night and asked you an objection, why is your fee so much higher than someone else's? You need to be able to answer that on the spot, basically, second nature, basically in your sleep. Yeah. And that, and that stuck with me. And I knew that I couldn't do that until I'd learned it a number of times. I might be a slow learner, but I needed to go over it a number of times. But I think this, I think that if you've actually been, if you've got the the experience in that if you've been to listing presentations or if you've shadowed somebody or if you've been in the real case scenario, you aren't then scripted. And then I think if you're scripted, you can be too off the cuff. Mm. You know, you can get a reaction from a seller or a, or a question or, yeah. or engagement from the seller, you know, and it's going really well. And they ask you a very simple fundamental question, which comes up every single time if you've only practiced that from a piece of paper yeah. and then you fire back quickly and slickly based on this pre-scripted um answer i'm sorry but that's off-putting yeah, and it's not genuine but let's let's fo let's refocus back on pr prospecting because that's the purpose of today and the purpose of the next couple of episodes is going to be based around the prospecting fundamentals that we think but one of the basic pro principles that i am unbelievably passionate about is that i believe that a passion for real estate quickly dissipates by a lack of results. Everybody can say that they're passionate, you know, when they start off a new year. Everybody can say that they're passionate when they first get in the business. But I have never seen somebody still passionate about real estate after two months of prospecting and absolutely no results because then they start to hate the business and then it's that vicious um, you know, downward spiral, spiral that nothing seems to go right for them. So I truly believe that a passion for real estate quickly dissipates with a lack of results. So you need to make sure that before you start prospecting that you have something that's going to work for you and not to mention an area that is going to work for you as well, which we're gonna dive into in one of our episodes is making sure that you've got an area that will support the numbers that you need to perform on. Okay, getting into an area like like a great example for the locals that are here in Orange County is Newport Coast would be that the pinnacle of real estate. Laguna Beach would be at the pinnacle of real estate. Newport Peninsula would be at the pinnacle of real estate within the area of Orange County. If you were brand new, would you go and start there? Absolutely not. But unless you were were unbelievably devoted, and most people think that they are, but then when they dive in, they realise they've made a mistake. So um, that's one of my first basic principles. Second one 
would be market share doesn't come easy regardless of who you are and who you know. You know, it's funny that we see people that dive into areas and go, oh, well, I live here and, and, and you know, I'm going to have 50% market share of this area. Guys, if you take an area between 700 and 1,000 homes, right, to have anywhere north of 10% market share is unbloody believable, to put it bluntly. Okay, to think that you're going to have more than 10% market share in an area of a thousand homes, you are absolutely delusional and you have delusions of grandeur. Some of the best agents, if, if, I, if I compared it to myself, I was by far the absolute best in my area. It was the woods in Forest Lake. I covered about 1,500 homes. And at the absolute pinnacle, I was 12.7% market share of my area of listings in that area. And it was unsustainable. That level of volume was unsustainable for me. I always hovered around between 10 and 11. Yeah, I think you've got to look at the numbers of what those areas are doing. You know, I, and, and not to def, you know, take away from the comments you've just made because I think by and large, I totally agree. My particular areas that I were working were about 1,500 homes. However, very, very few transacted every year. And, you know, at any one time, you might have eight properties in that area on the market. And so, you know, I would look at a couple of those farm areas and I had some business outside of those particular areas. And so my my market share probably reflected unfairly to what the actual business did look like. Yeah, yep, there you go. Um, well, and then the, uh, the next one is that you must have the perception of listing and selling everything. If there was one thing that you got out of this podcast or out of these, this series of prospecting guys is that there's the one thing that I, I think that you need to really look at is what is your goal when you prospect? Is having the perception of listing and selling everything because perception will eventually become reality if you do it well enough and consistent enough. Okay, when it certainly in real estate anyway, don't use that as a general outline of life. But the but the the reality the reality is is that in real estate, if you have the perception of listing and selling everything, a seller will look at you and they will trust you, and your business will then become a snowball effect because they trust the fact that you're in that area doing business. One of our podcasts that we are going to be doing is prospecting around other agents' listings and informing people of other agents' listings, they think they are your listings. If you don't have any business at all, it is very, very easy to have the perception of listing and selling everything if you are informing that particular area about it. Okay. Um, next one is once you list the property, don't focus on selling it, focus on getting another one from that property. If there is a resolution that you want to write down for 2019, guys, this should be it. When you list the property, don't focus it on, on selling it because if you're using auction, which you should be, is that we have a 90 plus percent success rate of clearing that property within 33 days. Let the process work itself. Our best agents in the business don't focus on selling that property that they've listed, they focus on finding the next one. A quick little story that I believe I've told a number of times on our podcast, Rethink Real Estate, I'm happy to continue to reiterate, we had an unwritten ground rule within our offices in Australia when I first started is that if you came to our business owner, with because all of our offers on any one of our properties before auction or, 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 or any property that we had listed would have to be vetted by our business owner, our broker, you'd take it to, our gentleman by, uh, to the gentleman by the name of Bill and you'd give it to him and he'd say, show me your listing agreement and you would show him the listing agreement for that property, go, no, 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 for your other property because you are not selling this until you have another listing out of this one. Now, that is highly illegal, I get it, okay? But this was an unwritten ground rule where he'd take your offer, put it in the top drawer, lock his top drawer and say, well, you better find another property because I'm not gonna have you sell this and have nothing else to sell. And that was a principle where he knew one, you have to control the listings, you list to, to last in real estate, okay? And secondly, 
is the fact that he hated the volatility of a realtor's income of up, down, up, down, up, down, because we don't prospect. So again, don't focus on selling the listing, focus on finding the next one as soon as you've got that opportunity to prospect around your listing. Uh, fifth principle that I, I go by is, um, everyone is a seller is a matter of when. So if you get good at keeping people's information from the open house registers where you're registering people's information, regardless of whether they've got an agent or not, because let's face it, most buyers come through auction properties without their agent anyway, even if they do have one represented, that gives you an opportunity to get their information. And if you keep that information long enough and you keep that information and keep in touch with them, you eventually will become their realtor regardless. This one really drives me up the wall, Ben. I mean, people are so focused on short-term business, which is great. I mean, everyone needs short-term business, but if you're working hard, you'll get short-term business. And then there's, you know, there, you could double your business if you actually just retained information and followed up with people. Mm. And then coming, and these, I think these two last points tie in together. If you've got a listing and you're saying, okay, well, where's your other listing from working that one? Mm-hmm. Okay, where's the new bit of business that this piece of business has helped you find? If you actually have a database of people that you've met in that area and you're following them up and you're nurturing them and then you're letting them know about that, they work together in helping you find and mature that lead or finding another lead or getting another referral, whatever it might be. And so many agents are just too lazy to keep up with that. Yep. And that is the difference between an agent that writes one, two, three, four million dollars a year to an agent that writes a hundred thousand to two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Honestly, I think that is the difference. If you ask how do you double your business, right there and then. Yeah, exactly right. Um, next one. Um, if they have an agent already, it does not matter. So say somebody walks into your open house and, and you say, hi there, my name is Ben Brady, what's your name? Bob, hi Bob, last name, Smith, Bob Smith, what's your phone number? You take down their information. Do you have an agent? Okay, um, yes we do, we're currently working with an agent. Okay, great, no problems at all. Uh, either way guys, when you follow them up because their agent wasn't with them at the open house, that is a clear indication first of all that they're, they're not with the right agent. Guys, you can follow up and if you think that they have an agent that's representing them on the buy side, does not mean that they're gonna use that agent in order to sell their property. You need to be following up, you need to be asking the questions. Guys, do you need to sell in order to buy your next place? All of that type of stuff in order to get into those listing appointments and if they do say, well no, we do have another agent, agent that we're going to be using anyway that's helping us on the buy side, I would say to them, I'd say, well, guys, a second opinion is always important. And not to mention as well, you want to check that the information that that agent is giving you is accurate because you don't want them to be complacent thinking they already have your business. Mm -hmm. You know, this is an opportunity for you to get in the front door. On average, people get 3.3 realtors in California into the front door per listing presentation, okay, when people are considering selling their homes. Be one of those people. If they have an agent already, it does not matter. You need to still treat them. Because remember, one of the principles that I mentioned earlier is that everybody is a seller, it's just a matter of when. And last one that uh, I believe should be the mantra for 2019 is that follow up when they say no is key. This really applies to expired prospecting, guys. Um, Not to mention as well any general prospecting or any follow up that you're doing in general. Um, But in prospecting, I've always used the, uh, the analogy of what's the mental stability of somebody that will say yes to a perfectly good stranger on the phone being you as a realtor within 30 seconds of knowing them to come over and sell their biggest asset. If they say yes straight away, I would be going, wow, what's the mental stability of this person? Are they the people that you wanna deal with or work with? I believe that the gold is in the nose. If someone says no, I'd be doing a little happy dance going, wow, they're a regular human being. I would love to follow these people up. 
So guys, there's some basic principles on prospecting. We look forward to bringing you a little bit more over the coming weeks in respect to making sure that 2019 is your best year ever. Um, finding your number, you know, prospecting around other agents' listings, prospecting around your own listings, um, you know, gearing your business around the expired business if that's something that you do want to do as well. We're going to be talking about it all in the coming weeks. And if you have any questions, as always, Jason and I are here for you. Shoot us an email, give us a call. Happy to answer any questions. Thanks, guys. Look forward to a tremendous 2019.